Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I am your host, Damon Pistolka, and I am excited for our guest today because we have Paul Jackson with Method CRM or just Method. But Paul, welcome. Hey, super excited to be here with you. Yes, yes, yes. Well, today we're going to be talking about increasing efficiencies with workflow automation. We're going to be talking about some of your background work with uh, products that that interface with QuickBooks. And now what you guys are doing at Method is some, some good stuff. So, Paul, we always like to start out with your background. And how the heck does someone decide that they are going to develop an application for scheduling around QuickBooks? I mean, where, where does that come from? Yeah. Um, so I guess early on. Yeah. Let's start back, back in college and before that. It does all start like in college. So no, wow. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I think in like, prior to college, I also had some kind of like side pro, like, uh, business on the side, right? Like whether it was cleaning the neighbors' pools or um, a camp, taking all the the Mountain Dew from the local store and bringing it back to camp on horseback and selling it back to their campers. I also had some kind of uh, some kind of business gig going on. Yeah, um, I, uh, I I started a, 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 lawn, a lawn care and landscaping company when I was in high school. And uh, ended up cutting like 130 lawns a week and employing wow. a bunch of a bunch of my uh, uh, teammates or classmates, um, paying 10 bucks an hour to cut grass than me. But it became a real business. It paid it paid my way through college. Wow. Um, and and I think I learned a lot about uh, well hard work and um, and process. Uh, and when you have 130 lawns a week and you're billing that at the end of the month. Actually, you need some kind of like system to yeah. to do it. So, like, I had like all these spreadsheets going on, and yeah, and I, I kind of figured something out. Um, and then when I so when I was when I was graduating college, uh, or my last my last year, I was a I was in finance. Like, I was at, um, at Queens in uh, in Kingston, and so it spits out a bunch of suits. All the Goldman Sachs kids, McKinsey kids, come from like the program that I was in. And that was what I was. Oh, wow. was that's what I was supposed to be doing. Is, There's high expectations suit. of where you're going to go. I realized in my last year, this is not what I want to do. I, I don't want to be a suit. And I uh, I, I decided I was going to start a, a company, my own company. And it just made sense that I would kind of automate what I had uh, kind of jerry-rigged together uh, through my, through college for, for service businesses. So help all services business with the problem that, that I had had. And, uh, and and that's where I started. Actually, I actually ended up not graduating on time because I started this business up yeah. while my while my last year, and I had to do a victory lap and, and stay in, in college for an extra year, just getting this thing off the ground. 
Um, so that so that that business uh, grew to about twenty five staff before we ended up uh, exiting to a private equity company. Um, and I learned a whole bunch of things along the way, but mm-hmm. but but it didn't start off. So back to your question on on like, how do you get to scheduling software for QuickBooks? So that didn't start off with QuickBooks. It started off with just regular landscape maintenance software. And oh. uh, and there was this, this one customer who one day said, you know, if QuickBooks just did this, I wouldn't need you guys. I thought that's a really interesting thing, right? Like, what if, what if is, it, is that a competitive problem? If QuickBooks one day did scheduling software for this? No, they're not going to do that. But if that's really what, what he thinks is important, then how, what's the next best thing? And um, back in those early days when you're an entrepreneur and you're just kind of figuring things out, you burn mm-hmm. those 120 hour weeks to you have an idea. And, and I did yeah. that for a couple of weeks. So 240 hours later, I had this, I had this working pro- prototype where the software we had bolted onto QuickBooks, sucked all the customers out of it. You could put those customers onto the schedule and you could do routing and, um, wow. and invoicing from that. But those invoices went instantly back to QuickBooks where you receive the payments and, and let all the accounting stay in QuickBooks. And that was a hit. People loved that. And, yeah. and so that's when the business took off. And that's when we really started to, to scale uh, the company. And, um, and 10 years later, I guess we, we, we exited. Yeah. So scaling a company like that, you know, a SaaS company is a little different as scaling it, uh, you know, more like a manufacturing company or e-commerce or something like that, or a service-based company. What were some of the challenges that, that you encountered then that helped you prepare for what you're doing now? Yeah. So, so back then, so we're talking about the years 2000 to 2010. So SaaS, as we know it today, didn't really quite exist in those early years. You're still selling perpetual uh, licenses, which meant like you're selling software for 2000 bucks and hopefully get a, an annual maintenance fee for 400 bucks. Yeah. And that's how, wow. and that's how it all works. Um, but it would, I remember the, the, the challenge of that was the sales cycles. The, you'd have a busy season up until April and then it would kind of die off. And I, and I, I thought back to like the, the service business I ran before. And that was a steady. Yeah. <laughs> Steady's good. Yeah, uh, steady's so, good. So we, we became SaaS before there was SaaS. And so we started renting the software. So it would, oh. it would download a password every uh, every month. And uh, that would that would basically be uh, desktop SaaS before there was online SaaS. Mm-hmm. And, and that that helped the business uh, eventually scale. But there's there's a, a valley you got to go through because in um, in software, you have a lot of upfront costs to build the software out, and the sales, the, the, the cost of marketing and sales is a lot of upfront as well. And mm-hmm. with SaaS, you get paid gradually and slowly over, oh. over time. So with perpetual licenses, the old software days, yeah, sales, marketing, big upfront cash payment paid off. Use that, use the, the profit to buy your next customers. The yeah, SaaS, you can't do that. So that's why that's why you see a lot of VC capital going into SaaS companies. Oh, yeah, it is an incredibly incredibly hard company to bootstrap. Very very hard. Yeah, that's a great point because, like you said. You have to do all the development up front or a lot of the development, at least for your MVP up front. And then you got to do all that marketing and all that sales effort just to get 
your monthly SaaS payments to start come in where to come in. Whereas before you had a bigger lump sum payment that would come in and help to pay a lot of those costs. So you could sink millions of dollars into something before you yeah. start getting hundreds of thousands of dollars coming back on a monthly basis. But once you get there, the company's incredibly valuable. That's yeah. It's just very few companies get there and most have to raise capital, give up a bunch of equity in order to actually make the cash flow work. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting business. Yeah. I, that's a great point. And I hadn't had someone say that before on the show because it is, it, it really hard to bootstrap in the beginning if you're going to get all the upfront. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was also hard the second time around. So we, um, we got acquired in 2010 and then we sat around a boardroom. We, we thought, okay, well, what do we do next? And, uh, yeah. and we thought, what's the, like, what's the biggest problem that uh, our software company had? And, and we got down to the point that a lot of companies, they start off using the software and then they scale themselves, they grow and they outgrow the software just because every business is different. You can't make a one size fits all software and not have people, scale out of it mm -hmm. and, and we thought how do we solve that problem we sat around for a while and we thought well, what if what if the software is malleable what if what if like they can make their own features in the software what if yeah they could use 90 percent of it but then change 10 percent of it to be whatever they need what would that look like and, and if we wrapped around quickbooks it would be the holy grail what would that what would that be and we we came up with this idea of this platform um that would basically drag and drop and make the product little bits and pieces. Uh -huh. And if you put it all together, then you have this, this SaaS product that can be changed. Um, and so we have, we have thousands of customers with thousands of different versions of the software and it all work. And that's what method became was that mm -hmm. idea. And so wow. here we are today. Uh, we're a hundred people. And this time we took VC capital eventually. Yeah. And, and that's what we do. We have thousands of companies using thousands of different variations of, of the product, all for a perfect business process. Oh, we got to dig into this. We got to dig in this because I've, this is like, <laughs> this is like, I mean, so you envisioned and built a product that if Damon looks at it and our company workflow is different than your company workflow, I can change it. You can change it. You can do it yourself using drag and drop, or you can hire someone to do it. Yeah. Very yeah, good. I, I think an example, like there's, yeah, sorry, yeah, there's, there's, I think the medical company, medical cabinet maker, sorry, mm -hmm. uh, is a really good example for that because um, they had a, a standard estimate for him and we built a whole different estimate process for him. So the story behind this medical cabinet maker is um, every, every medical cabinet is custom. They all mm -hmm. have, uh, different drawer configurations and each drawer does certain things and holds certain um, equipment. And uh, the entrepreneur, this business owner, knew what these configurations were. Some configurations are possible and some are not. And the estimation process was very, very hard for him uh, to, to let other people do. So he was doing all of it. And up to the point where he gets around 10 employees, that's okay. They're around 10 employees. Yeah. Cannot scale his business anymore. He has plateaued in sales. He's a backlog of, of estimates that he's trying to get out. Um, hasn't hasn't been able to, to, to close the sales anymore because estimates are going faster from other competitors. Yeah, he calls us up and says, "Hey, like, how how can I how can you help me here?" 
So we just built a, a process out which had all these rules of which cabinet configuration is going to work, which yeah. can't, which count. And, and, and then he had other staff doing it from that point forward, not him. All done the exact same way according to these rules and all those estimates flow back into his QuickBooks. And that, yes. that cost is probably, it probably cost him $2,000 to have that done. And so anyone who's wow. built custom software knows that Wait. like that's super cheap. Anyone who's not had it done before yeah. might sound expensive, but the, the ROI is, is massive on something like that. Yes. Well, when you look at something like that, and if you could somehow embed that into an e-commerce uh, website where your customers could configure online, get the price, pay for it, and do what they want to do. You you've created a a, a pretty good machine. <laughs> yeah, and, and we do that with, with like customer yeah. portals. So people have their customer portals log in and customer self serve and do whether it's dog walking or uh, wow. pool configurations or what like you name the business. We we have them under our umbrella and and we just help them. Really, really, really help the entrepreneurs scale themselves. So the things that yeah. that they used to do and they hold dear, they now allow customers or their own staff to do and scale their businesses. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some of these. You know, when we look at, I've I've talked to people like uh, Christina Harrington with Gen Alpha Technologies. They do for like you know, a, a large OEM equipment manufacturer, like a street sweeper manufacturer, right? So they're going to make hundreds of these things. They got them all over the world. They get people that do it. And it's all database on 3D models and they can go down into, oh, I need this gasket in this piece. It's kind of cool, but it's really, really, really incredible to hear you talking about something that is a, a simple application for the the person down the street that's making something like these cabinets, because I've been involved in businesses where we make different kinds of metal enclosures, like not UL, some of them actually were UL based or some of them weren't, but it's like, okay, it's configured this size and it has a lock on, or it's got two locks and it's got some different things. This would be awesome for that company. Cause now it's just, and, and, to be integrated with QuickBooks would be crazy cool because you can manage all the, the financial pieces of somebody buying and and uh yeah, yeah, yeah you have all the right. items from the quickbooks item list the customer who the estimate is going to and then you convert it into an invoice eventually when the customer accepts so it's yeah it's it all just flows that double entry it's it is the holy grail more or less that we had sought out years ago yeah yeah so what's some of the most interesting applications you've seen uh there's 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 a whole bunch like the, i'll give you another simple one <laughs> Yeah, that's so a guitar pick company. Uh, oh, yeah. the, entrepreneur, the entrepreneur, the CEO, they're, they're selling guitar picks and they're, they're, they're scaled way beyond 10 employees at this point. Mm -hmm. but she's, she does all the payments still. Why? Why is she doing all the payments? She asked us, is there a way where we can have our staff using a method that I'm the only one locking out of doing payments? Yeah, we can, we can do that, but. But why do you want us to do that? Well, I have I have staff. They always just screw it up. Certain customers need to be on ACH, and certain customers need to be on credit card, and and uh, above a certain amount, it needs to always be ACH no matter what. We're like, okay, well, these are just rules, so we can just yeah. make a button that's that changes based on what the amount and the customer, and and, and then her her world just changed. <laughs> So oh, I don't yeah. have to do this anymore, and I can. Yeah, I don't have to trust my employees because follow it. So, like things like that to 
um, like a like a mosquito spraying franchise with 150 franchises uh, that, that go around and, and basically make sure back gardens are livable. But um, having all that flow into one consolidated uh, multi, we call it multi-tenant. So we have 150 QuickBooks files, 150 CRMs, all in one big uh, dispatcher um, reporting system where they've built an, an entire custom system on top of method. It's really just... From, from the, the guitar pick company to the mosquito company, like there's a lot in between. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and and rolling things up like that is so complex too, uh, because you got different yeah. things, different areas, different tax codes, all all kinds of junk. You gotta gotta make sure. But that's a great. The guitar pick though is <laughs> such a. It's like death by a thousand cuts, right? Right. It's because it's, oh, I just hate doing this, but I'm the one that got, I hate doing what I got to do. And you said, well, we can just make rules. I bet they were just jumping up and down when you did that. I, th I think that customization cost them $300. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, the ROI is crazy. I mean, she could have done it herself, but it was pretty easy for us to kind of do it for yeah. her. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, just, just examples like that. Like any, any little workflow where the entrepreneur, the, the key person in the company is still a bottleneck. Uh, for growth, just to, to write down those steps that they're doing and figure out how do you automate them. Um, that like, that's I think what we do best. And, and there are, like you said, it's a death by a thousand cuts. There's probably every company has a hundred guitar pick payment scenarios within them. He's got to yeah. automate one at a time. Yeah. So what are the, some of the other things that method really helps with? I mean, are they helping with data flowing in and out from other systems? Are they doing, what are some of the other things that you guys are doing? Well, I mean, so at its core, method's a CRM. That's okay. the starting point. No, very few people are starting from scratch and saying, okay, hey, I'm just going to, I'm a small business. I'm going to create my own system from scratch. Yeah. That's, that's not really how we go to market. So we start with the CRMs. The CRMs are, um, well, Let's explain the acronym. <laughs> so it's customer relationship management, really contact management. So mm -hmm. track conversations, um, to do's for a, a customer or a potential customer, we call them leads, uh, and share that across everyone who might interact with that customer. So one shared 360 degree view of a customer. Mm -hmm. That's really what CRM is uh, at, at its basic core. But then you... Uh, on top of that, you can have a pipeline. So a pipeline is where you have uh, possible sales of leads down to like highly qualified, where it looks like you're going to be able to get a, a quote out to them. So like almost almost closed to closed. Yeah. And you're tracking all the all, your whole pipeline to make sure that you are directing your sales team to work on the highest value, highest potential uh, accounts uh, throughout a month. And that really like each stage of the pipeline is full. So you don't have mm -hmm. a big gap in, in, in sales too much down, down the line. So that's a, it's another big thing that really any CRM does, but that we have, we help them with. Um, we, we have a good proposals uh, system. So you can do engagement letters, which, which uh, allows uh, usually professional service companies to send mm -hmm. out an engagement letter, yep. which is kind of, kind of a contract and estimate all mixed into one. And, uh, and the customer can accept it, sign it, pay for a down payment, and then kick off a recurring wow. payment every month, um, which just gets sent back to the company. Of course, people change it, customize it to suit their needs, but yeah. uh, it's a lot better than sending Microsoft Word documents to customers. Yes. 
and hoping that they pay. It's it's yeah. uh, kind of earth shattering when when those those payments just start coming in automatically. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that would be a very handy thing for a lot of a lot of companies. I'm sure, like you said, professional services companies where they they do have those kind of agreements that you have to do for CPA firms, accounting firms, uh, and uh, other like engineering things like that where they can do those things. So what are, when you see this happening now, the way that you're integrated into QuickBooks and you look at other standalone CRM systems, what are some of the things that you see the, the benefits of having this integration? You talked about a couple already, but I'd like to highlight those. Yeah. I think if you look at traditional CRMs, they're really good at what they do. Um, the, like whether it's email, t- emailing, email campaign or yeah. tracking your pipeline and whatnot. Uh, and some do integrate with QuickBooks. They might, they might post a lead over. And that's maybe the extent of their integration, but they can put a little QuickBooks check on yeah. their, their feature list. Um, like our take on it is, yes, uh, we synchronize with QuickBooks really well, and we do more than just the, the customers. We synchronize with all the transactions, the, the full 300 to do review of a customer, invoices, estimates, credit memos, payments, sales orders, sales receipts, like all, everything. Um, but it's malleable. So like a, with all the examples I've been giving so far where you're customizing a payment flow, where you're customizing an estimate flow, uh, you can't do that in normal CRMs. And, mm-hmm. and, I, think, and I think this is part of a larger movement. Um, we, we started early, uh, back in 2010 on this, but I think most software in the future that you'll see built will, will be more like this, where uh, it can be configurable to the point where everyone's getting their own custom system. Because if you have a you know, apples to apples comparison of a system that's malleable and one that is static and can't be changed, what's going to win in the long term? It's the, yeah, it's the malleable, the malleable one. So, one. Yeah, so th- this, is, this is the future is really it's malleable software. We call it no code software. Well, and you can, as your business changes, you can just keep changing your, your workflows. Exactly. So the the problem with uh, any kind of boxed software, whether it's traditional CRM or traditional industry specific software is you have to rewrite your workflow steps in order to fit the software. And that might work for a little bit, but every time you want to change it, you got to grow. Eventually Mm -hmm. this comes where you have to get new software. Uh, with this, you just you just change you change the process. You're like, oh, we have a better way. We'll just change the clicks in the screens, change the checkboxes, change the, the fields you're collecting information on, change the button. So now it ma- matches your new workflow stuff. You never have to conform to someone else's way of doing the work. You do it your way. Yeah, yeah. And this is awesome because, you know, when, when I used to be involved with manufacturing companies and we would put... ERP enterprise systems in, I mean, you do it their way or you pay a gazillion dollars to have them customize your stuff that is going to be obsolete at the next update, or it's going to cost you another gazillion dollars to get it updated at the next update. And uh, then you're just not changing after that. You're stuck with what it has. It's like SAP, right? It's like, yeah, this, this is SAP for small business. Yeah. So cool. So cool. So, as you're as you're doing this and you see this this malleable malleable software whatever use the right word there um, 
what where do you see this going i mean because it's it's really a an interesting concept to be able to go okay now now what do we do so for us as a company where do we see our company you, going? this around your kind of software what are what are some things that you see people to be starting to use it that you go wow i didn't really think about it but it's a cool direction for somebody to take it i think so i think the the opportunity for us to help more companies uh, to make it easier for them is to offer more and more industry specific templates. Uh, so yeah. I mentioned proposals for, for nonprofits, so for the uh, professional service, we have a, a donor version for nonprofits. We have a field oh. service version for service companies, but um, really getting more and more fine tuned, more and more industries will help them start off further along. Um, so I think that's, mm -hmm. that's where we, I see us taking it. Um, and also I, I think that's probably where the industry of like the software industry will, will take it. The, the more, uh, pre-configured templates that can then be customized, the better. It just, it yeah. just makes, it makes it easier on the, on the small business looking to adapt, uh, and, and take up, take on new software. Yeah. Now you, in this business you guys have scaled a lot in the last few years right so you're up to how many people now and and how what was it like five years ago compared to what what it was yeah now? it's different right so we're we're 100 staff now um, yeah i think i think there there's a few there's a few steps that, that uh yeah the entrepreneurs to go through and um, i think 10 zero 10 was fun that's a yeah. really fun like just high energy, everyone's around you. Like you can see, you can observe everything. You can, like, things can fall off. It doesn't matter. It's just part of the fun. Getting yeah. 20, the entrepreneur has to really um, learn to scale themselves. And then 20 to 40 is horrible. I, I remember that being just the hardest time because that's where you need scaffolding. You need to bring in people from the outside uh, and uh, have some adult supervision for, for a company. It's really hard to do that yourself uh, without having some senior leadership because the people you're bringing on don't get to be with you as much anymore. Just yeah. they can't learn through osmosis. They need to learn from leadership. And that's where uh, I, as a, as a, as a, as a leader had to go from doing and building to leading. And that was a transformation for, for me to go through. Um, I think 40 to 60 was fun again. Cause I figured that that part out. Like, so now I'm okay. Now I'm a, I'm an executive leader. That's, that's not so intimidating anymore. Yeah. Um, and then 60 to 80 was tough again. That's where like HR becomes a big deal. <laughs> and so you yep. have to learn a whole, a whole bunch of new things and, and, uh, and, and like corporate process that you didn't need zero to 60. Yeah. Um, because why would you create process for the sake of creating process? All of a sudden, everyone expects. Um, and then 80 to 100 has just been fun again. It's just like nice. Just, it, feel, it feels like being at like 10 employees. You're, you're scrappy again. You're moving fast again. And I'm not, I don't know what's next. I don't know what yeah. 100 to 200 is going to look like, but uh, definitely yeah. some learnings. Yeah. So, what? So, you see the future of the product is going to be industry specific templates. Um, what, what do you see? I mean, there, there are so many choices 
for people when you look in CRM packages, when you look at accounting packages, all this kind of stuff, you know, what do you really see in the trends in these kind of softwares that are, that someone listening today would go, hmm, why would, why would I think that method might be a little bit different than some of these standalone things? Is it the integration? Is it the configurability of it? Or, or what are just some things that kind of set you apart? Yeah, so I, I think it's actually just the, the three things we've been talking about, really, um, which is the integration, the customization, and the templates. So the way, the way we see the market today is it's mostly traditional CRMs. We're talking about the sales forces and the HubSpots, which are great at what they do. They ask you to conform, to rewrite your workflow steps in order to, to fit the software, but they work for a bit until you outgrow them. Or you have industry-specific software, which are also great. They, they take you most of the way there. Again, you're working, reworking uh, workflow steps in order to fit the software. Uh, you might need a CRM uh, on the side. Typically, the industry-specific software doesn't have much of a CRM. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're integrating, kind of Frankensteining that CRM together with your industry-specific. Um, that's kind of how people do things today. And they're all a hell of a lot better than just using whiteboards and spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. But but I think the way we see the market is that if you can if you can wrap first of all the software around what what, what people already use and everybody's already using QuickBooks, then you're you're already starting off in a great spot because uh, there's no double entry, so mm-hmm. the data flows back and forth really well. You're saving people a lot of time and few mistakes. So if you can really nail one integration. And really nailed it. It's it's the accounting software, and, and yeah. mostly in the US, it's that's QuickBooks. We also work with Zero, which is more of a UK and New Zealand, Australia. Um, so we do that really well. We're more than just a checkbox, um, and, we, and that's that's something we brought over from the last company, Q Express. That Q was for QuickBooks, right? So yeah. we do that really well. And second piece is that the malleable, where you can build your own process and you can change things according to how you do your work. That that's again different with method, and and because we start you off with some of these templates, then you don't have to do all that work yourself. And, I, and that's that's how we see the the future of software is kind of our our model. We won't be the only ones doing this, uh, mm-hmm. but but that's fine. I think it's just helping as many small businesses as possible. The more we educate the market, this is the better way then uh, more small businesses get helped. So um, that's, that's really the lay of the land as far as I see it. Yeah. Well, and if you give, if you give somebody the best Swiss army knife, they have the best end result. Right. So, and that's really, there can be a lot of other people, but you've got a lot of road ahead of them as far as developing this kind of product. That's, that is, as you said, malleable it's it's flexible and tightly integrated with their accounting software yeah. so what are some of the fun new industries that are using method that you go i would have never thought that they would be using it i'm not sure they're fun we had a big splash of vape companies for a while that was oh yeah that yeah. was a little bit surprising yeah um, <laughs> we uh i really like one of the franchises that signed up recently and added, I think, 40 or 50 franchises to Method and built out a whole franchise system. And wow. they were, uh, they're a garage, uh, kind of a, a garage makeover. They took 
turn your turn your garage into like your man den kind of yeah kind of garage out there and make this really sweet configurations and just turn to a garage into a beautiful space uh, that's that's been a lot of fun seeing what they're doing yeah um, we uh think of trends and we're seeing we're seeing a, a um a, a rise back in manufacturing mm-hmm. like a rejuvenation of in manufacturing small manufacturers um yeah and that's that's exciting like uh, actually our biggest group of companies that use method are what we call mwd man, manufacturing wholesale and distribution and that uh those are our largest accounts typically our most successful accounts which i find interesting because we don't do inventory yeah right so, so they're using us for their sales order processes um, and really helping their sales reps and uh, that's that's a big opportunity for us just to get better and better at because i think that's a large growth area for the u.s right now mm-hmm. there is a ton of of as you said the problems the problems brought around by the pandemic and the supply chain you know i mean let's let's face it we we weren't used to at least in the u.s of going to the grocery store and not having stuff or not being able to buy something yeah. that we wanted on Amazon for four weeks because it was always there prior to that. And a lot of that drove changes in the way that the, the manufacturing is done in the U S and I think it spurred from the, from the people that I talked to, it spurred a lot of smaller brands that were just like, Hey, we should make this. Now's our time to do it. You know, we're someone was we're stuck at home and we should do it. Or somewhere they're like, we're ready to come out and 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 really came out and did it. Cause yeah, we're talking to tons of small, smaller startup food brands and niche products and that are that are just creating awesome stuff that can be in anything from you know, construction related to like I said, something that we're we're going to eat or going to use, use out camping or whatever the heck it is. So that's cool that you're getting at. It really makes me excited because those companies were typically stuffed into one of these other industry specific products that a, they didn't need because, you know, if you're a two to $5 million, $10 million manufacturer, you don't need a crazy expensive, no, <laughs> uh, you know, and I honestly, a long time ago when I was still doing it, you would spend, it's been a half a million dollars on this. And it's like a half a million dollars. That was, you know, that's, that's, you would look at it and you go, that's a third of our profit for the year. Yeah. You know, why are we going to spend that much on a, on a piece of software? When you look at what you guys are creating now for these manufacturers, you can be nimble. You can be and, and flexible. And that, yeah. that's like, and we, we've helped, we, we don't do everything, right? Like it's not, yeah, not yeah. where we have like shipping and, and inventory, yeah. but we'll, we'll do plugins to things like SOS inventory, which is very yeah. lightweight inventory management for, for, for cookbooks online yeah, um, or ShipStation, which is yeah. one of the best shipping options out there as, uh, as plugins. We'll, we'll plug into that. Um, and, and, and so like our, one of our, one of our models was, was, uh, integrate with the things that we're not going to replace. <laughs> yes. We're not going to replace yeah. cookbooks. We're not going to replace, yes. going to replace Gmail. Uh, we're not going to replace like, ShipStation. So integrate with those. Uh, but then everything else makes make sure we do really well. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. Well, what are some of the, the, um, 
the interesting things that you've learned this time growing this company because you took and you had investors alongside of you this <laughs> time compared to last time when you didn't. Yeah. Um, just in case one of my board members listens to this podcast, I'm going to choose my words very carefully. <laughs> so I'll tell you how I got here. So I, I, I had bootstrapped the first company. Um, yeah. When we exited, uh, I was a hundred percent of an owner. So yeah. um, I had that bootstrap experience uh, with capital to deploy. I became an investor. So I invested in, in quite a few companies. Um, one of which was actually wave accounting, which had a tough beginning, but then sold to H and R block for like, $600 million. It was yeah. a great outcome. But as I watched companies like Wave uh, grow, I was I, I understood what the, the impact of venture capital was um, and how you could really scale faster than just bootstrapping. Um, and so when I did decide to take on capital, I think we're about three years in, that's when we started looking for a venture, venture partner and really learned a lot about um, well, I knew a little about private equity at that point, but now venture yeah. and uh, how to manage a board and what, what the purpose of a, of a board was, um, how, to, how to use things like ESOP, which stands for Employee Stock Option Plan. So how to use an employee stock option plan to, to incentivize the staff. I, I remember one of our, our key venture capital partners said to me, hey, Paul, at the end, this thing's going to be big. There's going to be a big exit one day, whatever it's going to be, but you don't want me drinking alone. That champagne bottle has got to be big and it's got to pour a lot of glasses. And, and that, that was great. So yeah. we, we built a, a, an ESOP plan to make sure that every person who was helping us got, get there had a piece of, of the pie. Uh, I guess I had a champagne glass at the end, right? And yeah. so learned a lot about that. Um, uh, networking. I, I think, so for me personally, I'm maybe more of a, a, an introvert and I kind of keep to myself, I, I, I retain mm -hmm. all my, my fears and my thoughts. Um, and so never had a mentor. Uh, the, the, the void that I filled with that was actually a founder's forum. So if anyone listening just feels that like they need someone to, to listen, have some listen to them and learn from and, have a safe space, I highly recommend you, jam, you join a, a founders forum or founders group, which is just uh, a highly confidential group of between five and 10 other mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. You take it very seriously, you make sure you show up for every meeting, you make sure you're open and honest and you're vulnerable, you talk about anything you wanna talk about, you share, you don't give advice, you only share experiences. And, um, and you never, and you never, you never talk about the meeting outside of the meeting. And I've done this for now five years as part of a founder forum. And actually tomorrow I'm going for a two day retreat and, wow. uh, I'm in a group of seven, yeah. <laughs> and five, of the, five of the seven have exited in the last uh, three years. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure how much business we'll talk, <laughs> Yeah, but, but it's, it's an incredible experience. I've learned a, a ton from other entrepreneurs, but it's by being open and, and, and uh, honest with the, the founders forum. So I recommend that to anyone listening. That's really cool. That's really cool because it's, it is, it's, there are different experiences, but they're shared experiences too. It's, you know, like you said, uh, what's the purpose of a board? I'm, you know, that's, 
it's a big thing, right? Because you in your in your first company, you didn't have a board, did you? Yeah. No. Well, well, yeah. I have a board. So yeah, a exactly. Exactly. And the purpose of the board is really to hire and fire the CEO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much their, their existence and to kind of watch over their investment. But yeah, um, that is the purpose of a, of a board. Yeah. And, and when you see them work and understand the, how they do, that's that's thing. And then, you know, coming into it and scaling like you are now, they bring the things to the table. The board does. If it's if it's the right board, they're bringing things to the table like what is an ESOP? Why? Why should you have an ESOP? Well, it's 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 a way for us to keep the very best talent all the way till we we, you know, till we all have a lot of fun. And uh, it's it's cool when you see them working well together. It really yes. is. Yeah, yeah, we, it really is. We have a we have a great relationship um, on our on our board today. So, I think when things are going well, then um, it's easy to have a great relationship. So, I I, I hope that if we ever have a, a dip, <laughs> we'll, we'll maintain that relationship. But right now, we're we're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. I've I've been in companies and been in boards and on boards when when things aren't going are aren't going prime. They're not not great. And what I see good boards in those situations understand that if you say something's going to be the way it is and it turns out that way, that's, that's really what we're here to make sure. And, and beyond that, give ideas, give, give good suggestions and resources when we, when we're asked to, and you know, the boards, Boards can help through those tough times, but you're right. In some situations, when the board is not the right board, it can get really ugly and ugh. So, yeah, but so you're not you, there. That's hey, that's why you have the founders forum. So if the board is yeah. like your crying towel. <laughs> that's your founders yeah. forum. Yeah, it's exactly. probably not your spouse at home because they 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 no they don't no hear it all. Right. No, don't want to hear that. <laughs> you know, you, we've 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 put up with you as a founder for this long. You don't need to hear that too. It's amazing we put them through, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. Well, it's it's great to get to talk to you today, Paul. With what you guys have built a method, I think it's really uh, it's really incredible to see something that you know for a small business that's flexible. It's a CRM based, integrates tightly into QuickBooks, and and just malleable like you said with these different pieces and workflows that you can adjust and and configure easily yourself with a, a low no coded kind of option or have you guys do some of this and then change it later because your processes have changed in the business so good stuff man yeah so you got it you understood it all so so my job here is i just done. think i think it's cool because <laughs> I, I mean because you're saving people you are saving people from going out and buying this big package that is going to be obsolete about the time you put it in because yeah. you're going to want to change something or just continue to do, to do the same things they used to do and never pass it off and never and never scaling to be able to afford that bigger package so yes we, we handle both ends of the spectrum yeah because that you're right you're going to help enable them to scale because you're going to automate these workflows and you're going to make what's in people's heads now into rules-based knowledge that can be shared across the organization absolutely yeah so so good, the, good the, stuff. The flow steps can be done the same way every single time. Yeah, and the, the, the consistency, the consistency, because yeah. even if the founder is doing it, they're still going to make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> but you let a system doing it, it's going to do it the same every time. But thanks so much for being here, Paul. If someone wants well, to learn you. more about Method, where do they go to find out more about Method? Uh, they can go to our website, method.me. Um, method.me. They, 
they can also, there's a, there's a URL. So it's method.me slash faces of business, faces okay. dash of dash business, where we have a, uh, we got a process evaluation that can help people. Uh, nice. Nice. Also, well, we'll also drop that trial. Yeah. yeah. We'll drop that in the comments too. So people see that. So thanks so much for being here today. Again, we've got Paul Jackson from method. We're sitting here talking about increasing efficiencies with workflow automation. He was explaining all the cool stuff about method and the configurability of it and how it's malleable and how it tightly integrates with, with QuickBooks so that you can get more work done and standardize, automate, and make your company more efficient. Thanks for being here today, Paul. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, hang out just a moment. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Dayo, thanks for being here. Halicon, I don't know, dude, or or gal. I don't know your comments. I don't, I don't understand, but have a great day. Talk to you later, everyone. Bye. <laughs>